So anyway, it kind of leads us up to today, and, I, and I'm going to touch on something uh, that I've shared this before in a way, but there's something about what I've shared hasn't really gelled for me until re very recently. And, and many of you here and sound of my voice have heard a testimony about the first landing in Virginia Beach. I won't go into all that whole thing, but there was a time in 2009 when God led us to go to that cross that was planted at the shores of the entrance of the Chesapeake Bay, Cape Henry, and pray over that cross. You've heard me tell that story, but anyway, one day we did that, and we went up in this lighthouse, and I'm looking over this cross. Sandy's with me. I don't want discount Sandy being with me. We're, we're together in everything. But as I was looking at that, and I began to seek the Lord, and you've heard me share this, I saw like hordes of blackbirds go by me, coming from the east and going into our nation. It was just a fleeting vision. How many's ever had a fleeting vision? And, and then I, I just like, Lord, what is that? And he told me, those are foreign gods that have come into our nation. Well, I didn't really totally understand that. I said, what do you want me to do? He says, turn them and put them back out there. Like I say, I didn't really understand until recently what I saw. Because uh, there was even a forerunner, and I, I didn't have this in my mind, but there was a man by the name of Dr. Summerall that's long past. Um, I fed on some of his stuff earlier in, uh, years ago uh, uh, when it came to some of those things. And, and he prophesied that these foreign gods, that was the biggest danger to our nation, was foreign gods coming in into our nation. Well, that, when that gelled with me in the last several days, I said, God showed me that, and I didn't know what I was seeing. And I didn't know what to do about it. I guess they might say I'm just being open and honest right now. I don't know what else to say about it. But the idea that he showed me that told me we had a place in this. And it was serious. Well, people say, well, what do you mean God's coming in? Well, you know, I did a little, uh, just a little thing here. Uh, not little either, but uh, I'll show you a couple of scriptures here. Uh, maybe turn to uh, what I want to go here. I want to go to Numbers first. And go to Numbers, um, I think it's 32. We'll find it. Bear with me. Uh, come on. I knew I needed more time with my notes. Numbers 33. Yeah, here we go. Now in Numbers 33, you know that God's preparing his people through Moses to come into the promised land. And here's something he said to, the, to them, to him at that time. Uh, and he said in verse 51, 
He said, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Destroy, read this. Destroy their graven stones, their engraved stones, or graven images. Destroy all their molten images and demolish all their high places. Verse 53, you shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I've given you the land to possess. Those were his instructions to the people of Israel. To Moses, to Joshua, all of them. And if you do a little study here in Chronicles and Kings, you'll find that every king of Israel was judged on whether they complied with that or not. Every one of them. Go ahead and read it sometime. Just start reading about some king. Say, well, he did good in the eyes of sight, but he forgot to destroy the high place. He forgot to do that. You know, you'll find that throughout. Uh, and, and, and you start thinking about this, and you think, uh, what's he telling us? <laughs> you know, because sometimes we have to stop and think, well, is that just some Bible story? No, it's not. Uh, it's got to do, and now we're going to go a little further into this. Everybody with me so far? Yep. Yeah. We're among friends? Yep. Good. Nobody's left yet? Okay, let's just look at a couple scriptures here in 2 Kings. Uh, first one would probably be a good place to start would be, I think, chapter 3. Um, and we'll, we'll get into this more. But in chapter 3, first of all, there, every one of these countries had their gods that they worshipped. They had their high places. They had all these things. And you think, it, you think it's gotten weird here in our nation. We, it's only getting started unless we, the believers, stop it. Now there's a statement for it, isn't it? Uh, it says in here in verse 30, 26. Now look at this. This is, you know, uh, my mother thought I was extreme when I got born again. So why don't you pick up one of those other religions, you know, like some good Methodist boy or some good, some of that? And I was already sold out to the Lord, and my mother wasn't making much sense to me at that time. Now, she did get saved at 91, and she's in heaven, so thank God for that. But in verse 26, and when the king of Moab saw the battle was too intense for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through to the king of Edom, but they could not. And look what he did in verse 27. So then he took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place, offered him as a burnt offering upon the wall, and there was great indignation against Israel. So you think we've gotten extreme here. It's, we, we not only want to shut this off, drive these things back out, but praise God, we want God involved, and let's get this house cleaned up, see? Sacrifice his own son. Well, what is that? Well, that's a god. That's, that's a god of, of the... Of, now let's jump over here. Uh, if this gets too heavy, just, just, uh, just tell me, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I, I won't quit, but I'll turn my back or something, shut off the mic or something. I don't know what I'll do. Uh, just not trying to be funny either. So let's go in here to... Um, you know, we go along here, and, and all of a sudden this young Josiah was eight years old and became the king. 
And he was a good boy. I mean, he was a good king. But somewhere along the line, and you can find this, I won't get into a lot of detail, but you'll find this like in verse 8, the, then the Hilakiah, the high priest, said to Stephen the scribe, I found the book of the law. Now, up to that time, I think he's been king for 18 years. Verse this, chapter 22, uh, starting in verse 1, to talk about Josiah uh, being... Uh, Six, uh, second Kings? Yes, Second Kings. And he had a heart. But see, he didn't know anything about it because the law and all, the co all that had been buried for years. Because they didn't like it. Uh, you know, in America, they want to get rid of the Constitution. And then somebody steps up and says, hey, there's a Constitution. This, this scribe said, hey, there's a book that tells us how to, where to operate here. Amen? So then, uh, verse 10, I'm just skimming here, but in verse 10, then Shapin the scribe showed the king, say, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shapin read it before the king. Uh, now it happened in verse 11 when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. He said, oh my gosh. You know, people say, oh my gosh, all the time. But I'm in uh, 22, 2 Kings 22, verse 10 and verse 11. Well, I'm jumping through. I'm not reading. Yeah, well, that's, that's two of us don't know where we're going. I'm trying. Uh, I'm, I'm just skimming right now to get to a point, okay? Oh, I see. You're just so then Josiah gets alarmed, and he said, my, this can't be. And so he got riled up, and, uh, and then invert, now we're going to go to chapter 23, because I could read all this, stuff, but for sake of time, in verse 20, chapter 23 of 2 Kings, in verse 3, after they'd read this all to him, and the elders, and he said, Then the king stood up by a pillar and made a covenant with the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes for all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book, and all the people took their stand for the covenant. Okay, now we're going to talk about some gods. In verse 4, it said, and the king commanded Hilkiah, Hil Hil whatever, the high priest, the priest of the second order, and the doorkeeper, bring out the temples of the Lord, all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and all the hosts of heaven, and he burned them. Now, when we're talking about gods in our nation, Baal's a big god. When they celebrate some of these things, they put out the flags on things like the, the White House with colors to celebrate some things that were brought forth from this focus. Now, I'm not on video today. I am on audio. So I may have to edit this out. The Muslims are worship the moon god Baal. That's their god. I may have to edit that out for... I may have to. I don't know if I will or not. That's who they worship. That's their God. So if you think that there's any uh, sense about that, or like one of our prior presidents said, oh, they're very peaceful people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tell that to uh, the people that Baal is killed by the billions, probably. Uh, now, and of course, then he removed, this is verse 5, then he removed the idolatrous priests from the kings of Judah, 
had ordained to burn incense on the high places in the city of Judah and the place all around. I mean, this, this guy went to work. This young king went to work, clean them house. And, uh, and I'll keep going here because, you know, I, I, the details are something you have to gather up yourself. But uh, uh, even in verse 10 of chapter 23, and he... And he defiled Topeth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire to Molech. Molech, abortion. God of abortion. What did they pass through the fire? Well, they put him through the fire and laid him in the hands. There's little images of, of Molech, the god Molech, to sacrifice their children. Then he removed the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun. I read about that. They dedicate this horse to a sun, and then they'd ride into the sunset uh, as long as they could, and then they'd sacrifice the horse and worship him. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all in there. Now, I want to get more into verse 13 then. Then the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem, which were on the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had built. For Ashereth, okay, Ashereth, uh, diversion, I mean, uh, sexual everything. Perversion. Big time perversion with Ashereth. Now, we happen to have uh, people in this uh, lifetime that are really serving that God. Any kind of perversion, that's one of the main sources of it. That God. Is he in our nation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's here. We have a, a really well-known person who's really the queen of that. I won't mention that name. The abomination of Sidonians. Then for Chemosh, the abomination of the Moabites. And then Milcom, the abomination of the people of Ammon. Am uh, and actually, uh, some of those things... Uh, that's where the Moabite king had to do with sacrificing his eldest son. They believed in human sacrifice. See, that's going on in our land right now. We don't want to admit it. It's all covered up. Where are you going to hear about it? Well, pastors don't want to talk about it, so we need to talk about it. Am I right? That's a wild statement right there. We need to talk about it. These are the foreign gods that I personally saw in a vision coming into this land. They were already here. Little did I know God was showing me the massive amount of those. So then, you know, this, I just, just for the fun of it, uh, that's a, a terrible statement, fun of it. But I, I looked up some of the gods. And I, I just, just run through this a little bit, and you can look at this in a, in a search. Some of the gods that are out there in Western Africa, there's Anasia, goddess of the sea, allure and beauty. Uh, I mean, I can skip through this. Canaanite, it was Astarte, the goddess of sex and war. That's the Canaanite gods. The Egyptians, goddess of, of Philonese, love, protects, perfume, beauty, and dance. God of music, love, and dance. Hather, goddess of love, beauty, and music, originally a sky goddess. I mean, you go through this list and you, you say, did I see... Thousands of images come by my in that spirit that day. I mean, it's like I see this list, and I said, now I know what I saw. 
every manifestation that's known to man, uh, known to God, or known in the spirit realm, we've let them come in. And I, I stopped short of reading this whole list because I, I got, I, I mean, it's, you can just look it up. It's all right there. So where are we going to go with this? Well, men ought always to pray and not give up. We have some prayer time to do, don't we? Because we can, you know, it's kind of like they say, um, I don't know if it fits or not, but it's, uh, it's always that saying that I've heard in marketing, it's those that make it happen, uh, those that watch it happen, and those that wonder what happened. And, you know, that sounds motivational, but it's kind of where we're at. See, not everybody a Christian is going to step into this, but you see, we've got a mighty harvest coming. And then we step into that harvest. We have to be aware of all these things and why people are blocked from seeing the gospel. You know, he said, bind that spirit that's blinded the people from seeing the gospel. We don't all know where that spirit is, see? And through my lifetime of, you know, being sent, trying to lead people to the Lord, I've, I've seen people, you know, that some... Some guy, some, well, well, my my husband won't get saved. He knows all about it, but he won't get saved. Well, if he knew all about it, he'd want to get saved. And I personally have been able to lead some of those old cranky husbands to the Lord. Why? Because they wanted truth. They just didn't want to be browbeat about this stuff, and, and they probably had some things going on there, and, and you step up to them like I've shared many times. You step in front of them with the Spirit of God all over you. You break down those things. We underestimate the power of God working through in us around us all the time. We underestimate it. God wants us to estimate it and not think we're gambling. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Well, yeah, really. I have to tell you, and I don't like to talk about me, but I've offended a lot of people in my life. Uh, and it's really something because I offended a lot of them right here in this state because I departed from one of the main spiritual traps in this state when I knew Jesus didn't, wasn't part of their deal. That's all I want to say about that matter. But when I did, I don't know, he got rejected by a large amount of people but God began to take me into a life for him now, I don't apologize one minute for it so I've talked about a lot of things here I think the sad thing is when you see all this and you see a man like King Solomon who had it all and he brought all these wives and God told him not to he did everything God told him not to do and whatever they wanted to worship, he'd build a shrine over here for that. He'd build a high place over there. What, what do we do in America right now? These shrines are everywhere. And, and it's like, like uh, you know, people have their little, little thing they have on their mantle or in their house, and they, they pray to that little thing. Well, I've learned there's a demon spirit behind every image that people want to pray to I I don't know I've gone a long time today but you know I, I had a good friend in life that was what really one of my really good friends very successful man and and you know uh, 
when I got born again, I went to him. You know, we we're close, good friends. And uh, I wrote everything I could about salvation to him. But somewhere along the line, he, he said something about, well, his wife had had a bad experience with her dad that was doing, you know, trying to prove his faith, you know, jumping off of platforms onto his head and those kind of things. So she rejected the whole idea growing up. In, and so this young man, I, he wasn't young, he's older than I am. I tried everything I could to, to make it so clear about Jesus. And then one day we're having coffee because we're still friends. He said, you know, I found out something the other day. He said, I found out. And I said, he said, I can just start saying something under my tongue and I could just kind of, I could just kind of say this word over and over and over again. I said, why do you want to do that? Well, it's meditation. Well, see, somebody got him into something like yoga. But what you don't know is when you do that, you just delivered your soul to a dark place. Now his wife was in some things. In fact, we had a we were in another town for a while after we had to leave here, and we had a revival break out in a, a little house that we bought in Newcastle, Wyoming. A revival, supernatural. And you know we've been saved all the two and a half years, but. I knew quite a bit at that time. I knew the Lord, knew about the Spirit of God, knew about speaking in tongues, knew about all these things. We, we started, I mean, young people started streaming in their house for their Bible studies. That's a great big table, fill it up and get saved. And I said, when we get done with that, I've got a place over here in this other room that we'd redone by a fireplace and we'll get full of the Holy Ghost over there. And they would. So anyway, this, this back to my friend's wife, she was being mentored by this guy that was into some kind of a spiritual thing. He'd come to look at that house today. He came by to look at it. He was thinking about renting it, maybe he did for a while. And he walked into that other room. He says, there's a lot of spiritual activity in here. Yeah, it was. But see, he was, he was hooked up within the spirit realm but a little different level than me. Now, here's the sad thing about that. Uh, the wife, she's a beautiful woman. She died fairly young with all these things that they did to heal people, you know. Uh, my friend passed away. The last time I saw him, I uh, went to see him after we came back to this country and, and walked in his office. I, 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 just, I just wept. I mean, there's somehow your spirit man weeps because I knew he was lost and I just, I just, I just wept with this man because I love this man. He's a good friend, good mentor, sharp. Well, then it's not only that, but he's gone. He has a son that's sharp. And I found out his son had Lou Gehrig's. So some of the last two years, I went to his son in his business, and he can't talk because Lou Gehrig had his vocal cords. So I went in his office, and I said, can I pray for you? Yeah. I started to pray, and all the time he had this wet rag, he was kind of carrying here, trying to nurse these things. All the time I was praying, he was just staring at me. And I said, would you like to make Jesus the Lord of your life? No. Now, why do I bring all that story up? 
Well, it's because I saw the start of this. I saw when my life changed, and I tried to impart this to a really good friend and, and see the wrong spirit got in through his wife. And it carried right on through, and, and, and his son passed away within six months or less than that after I was in his office. And, I mean, do you grieve over this? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> no, you can't. But at the same time, it just makes you want to really get really stronger in this than ever before. Well, you know, it's one of those things we could go on and keep talking, but you see, men ought always to pray. That's the one thing that really stuck out for me and also in Ephesians. Uh, praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful in this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're talking about digging in, aren't we? We're talking about going to the we're talking about digging in here, going to the trenches, as they say, going to the trenches. What does that mean? That means workers. That means you're going to dig in and you're going to make this happen. And one thing that I believe is, I, I, I bring this out sometimes because, uh, you know, people listen don't aren't going to grab everything right away. But there's something about the Word of God. If we just believe it, uh, that's, a, that's 90% of it at least. We just believe it. You know, we don't have to memorize it. We don't have to do a lot of these people do, go to prayer conferences. They all help. But primarily, if Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, God will do it for you. Or an Amplified may say, he'll grant it to you. Well, grant means it's free <laughs> for the asking. Amen. Makes us stop and really think about this thing in our own life. What's bothering us today? What, what's bothering you today? What are you carrying around right now that wouldn't have to be there if you didn't allow it to be there? We can all say, well, there's something in there that I need to get rid of <laughs> that's trying to destroy my life or my family or my marriage, whatever it is, because that's where it starts. It starts with the simple things of believing God. Amen. Is that making any sense? I know I said some things today that, that would probably offend a few people, but guess what? We're offended, are we not? Are we offended? We better be. We better be offended. And we have to get offended beyond our own nose, you know? Like some people saying, well, it's a new time right now. Well, it is a new time. And, and they talked about the word of faith and so on. You know, at that, that time you're believing in cars and you're believing in all that. Well, I don't stop believing for those things. But, but the transfer is to set that faith now to get out of here, call in for the Lord of the harvest. Let's call that Lord. Let's call him in. He wants to come, but he said we have to ask him for it. I guess if you go away out of here today with anything at all, it's probably those first few scriptures. Jesus said he, he already knows what you need before you pray. People say, well, he knows my need. He'll take care of me. Well, then all our needs are met through the rich and glory of Christ Jesus. But he said we have to, we have to petition for it. We have to ask for it. Lay it down. <laughs> 